welcome everyone to the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop commercial residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. So, big news of the day, the Calgary Flames have signed Nassim Kadri. I went on Twitch to talk about it. Here is all of that. Oh, look at that. Some natural light coming in. Welcome, everyone, to the... Holy crap, the Calgary Flames might actually be good again next season. Twitch stream, uh, for those who are catching this later on podcast, it is the Holy crap, the Flames might actually be good again next season podcast. Um, For those who only follow one or the other, uh, if you're just watching on Twitch, I have a podcast called Couch Potato Diary, uh, also on Game Over Calgary. Uh, Oh, hey, look at that. We're getting players back. Um, for those listening on podcast form, they have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But um, yeah, this is quite the thing that is happening right now. As the Flames have signed Nazem Kadri to a seven-year, $7 million per season contract. Um, yeah, that is... We talked about it a little bit the last time we did one of these after the Flames signed Jonathan Huberto. You just felt like with... Lindholm and Backlund, the Flames maybe needed another dude in there. Not that Backlund can't be a number two center. We've had those conversations in this city for forever and a day. Um, he can be. He, I think he can be a very good one. But he, he's not, at least for the time being, Nazem Kadri. And so with that, the Flames now, I think, stack up really, really, really well. And we can get into a number of different things about whether we think this Flames team is better than they were a season ago, uh, whether we think that the the Flames are done, how we think the Flames stack up. Uh, A lot of things on the go right now with this Calgary Flames team. Um, The main thing, once again, like you just think back to how just soul-crushing it was that the Flames uh, lost both Johnny Gaudreau and seemingly Matthew Kachuk. And now think to where we are at today and how just absolutely insane it is that the Flames have been able to, to rejig this. Will the Nazem Kadri contract age poorly? Potentially. Does that matter now? Not even a little bit. They just traded a contract that was age, aging miserably. I find that argument losing more and more weight in the NHL. I know I have a game to get to and I'm very excited about this. Um, but I just have to say this whole contract thing where, oh, well, yeah, in years five and six, how's it going to look? Probably shitty. A, we have no idea what the, the, the world is going to look like salary cap wise at that point. B, modern medicine and such, these guys can improve. Uh, maybe not improve, but their, their, their peaks can certainly be extended. Um, and, and C, you can't say well, yeah, but I mean, that contract's going to be an albatross. When the Flames got rid of one today, no offense to Sean Monaghan, that contract on the books was an albatross for this team. And they got away from it. You can do it. Will it suck? Potentially. There's a thousand conditions on that thing that make it a little bit tricky to decide if that was a good move or not. I, I think it, I, I mean, I think it absolutely was. I would trade a first in Sean Monaghan for Nazem Kadri a thousand times out of eight. So I think the Flames get another home run for this season, and now I think they're shaping up to be, they're obviously different. I think they're shaping up to be a good team in the National Hockey League here. And I I think, once again, from a Flames fan perspective, I think there is nothing you should be doing other than celebrating what a win this contract is 
for the Flames. I, I think this is great. I think you look at how this team can potentially stack up now. Um, I think you look at, again, how they figure into a Pacific division that looks a little bit wobbly right now. I, I think you have to feel very good about where the Flames are at now, certainly considering where they were, what, a fucking month ago? Like, it's, it, it's insane how things have, have progressed so quickly for the Calgary Flames and so aggressively for the Calgary Flames um, during this time. Just going to crack a cold one. Oh, that was right beside the microphone, too, that was recording for the podcast. So that's going to, that is going to be, I have to save that for a sound effect. That was a good one. Uh, so yeah, let your thoughts be heard in the, uh, the chat room. That is kind of the initial statement here that the Flames just absolutely fucking crushed this one. It is kind of, in, in summation, the Calgary Flames did super well in this. I know Brad Living is talking right now. Um, at, at, unless he gives the DX crotch chop, those things tend to not mean a whole lot to me, so... Um, I mean, one of the reasons I chose to do it now is I have a nine to five job. So, <laughs> you know, um, but also I, I don't particularly care about those things. So uh, if anything major comes from that, I certainly will uh, certainly will let you know during this Twitch stream here today. Um, but now for the Flames, like you look at how they can stack things up going into next season. I think they have a few possibilities now. I think... Well, let's look at kind of the, the bigger picture first, and then we'll go a little bit more micro with different lines and things like that. Um, I still think, and it's fitting that in the video game right now, I'm playing Edmonton, because I still think with this now, depending on the health of everyone in, in Vegas, um, I think you might be looking again at the top two teams in the Pacific Division playing in the province of Alberta. I, that, that's how highly I think of the moves that Brad Living has made from a Calgary Flames perspective so far. Um, this offseason. I think that, A, this team fits a Daryl Sutter style way more than, um, than last year's team did, I believe. I think this team is set up a bit better to perform in the postseason now. And again, you look at it. I, I do think that they are worse than Edmonton. I, I, still, I still think this Edmonton team acquiring um, Jack Campbell, I think this Edmonton team is still really, really, really good. But aside from that, I think the Flames are better than Vegas. I think they're better than the Kings. I think they're better than the Ducks. And no one else in the division really matters at this point. Um, sorry, Vancouver. So I, I think when you look at this move and kind of like raising that ceiling, this goes, I think, this takes the Flames, I think, from being a wild card team to, to being a team that is competing for top spot in this division. Again, I don't think they are better than Edmonton. In a, in a seven-game series, do I think they could beat the Oilers? Sure I do. I, I thought the Flames were a better hockey team than Edmonton last year, and you saw how that went. So in a seven-game series, anything is possible. Would I favor the Flames? No. Do I, I think that it is just an absolute runaway for the Oilers? No. I, I think that this is... I think you're gearing up for another Battle of Alberta, and I think it's going to be another very good one. Um, in this province. I get that the, the most recent one didn't end particularly well for people who would fancy themselves Calgary Flames fans. Um, but that this is, I think this is something you're going to have to get familiar with. It's going to look a lot different. Like I said before, I think this team is now set up really well for postseason play. We just saw what Nazem Kadri did um, in the postseason. And I get that currently on his resume, that's the outlier. And that they're... There is a bit of risk with this, right? Like, it is one 
extremely good season on one of the most talented teams we've seen in the NHL in some time. You, you do have to kind of accept that that is what's happening here. Like, I, you, you can't be blind to that. There is at least somewhat of an opportunity that this does go poorly. Like, this isn't... I don't think it's as obvious as a, a Huberto one. Like, I think Huberto is going to age exquisitely. Um, but there's a chance this doesn't go well. Like, that there that there is a a non-zero chance that last year was a contract year. Kadri has now cashed in with a, a $49 million contract and he's just hanging out in Western Canada for the better part of a decade and collecting checks and whatever. I don't think that is likely, but that is in within the realm of possibility of happening. But when you look at the best case scenario, this is a guy who just like really came into his own this last season. And he has shown he can play with skill players. And I do think that is a skill. Like, I know there's a lot of the, oh, how tough is it to play with Sidney Crosby? Or, oh, how tough is it to play with Nathan McKinnon? Can be rather tough. Um, It's not, like, it's easier than playing with me. Uh, (laughs) But, like, there is a skill involved in playing with high-skill players. But he can also grind it out in that playoff style. And we saw this year, he can keep his head on straight for four rounds. And won't get suspended. Um, like he, he can, he's kind of, I think, answered the questions that he needed to answer, um, in a big time way too. Like he was, again, remarkably effective for the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup playoffs on their run to the Stanley Cup. So like you, you have just seen that you can win with Nazem Kadri playing a pretty prominent role. Now, the Slames team does not have a Nathan McKinnon. Um, I don't even think they have a Miko Rantanen. But they have a very good team around Nazem Kadri. And I think, once again, the theme of this for Calgary now, I think they are set up to win in the postseason a little bit better than they were this time last year. Are, are they... If you put last year's team on the same ice surface with this year's team, and they, they collided in a, a battle for all of our Calgary Flames souls, which team wins? You, you can make a pretty good case that last year's team does. You know, like Matthew Kachuk and, and Johnny Gaudreau are two very talented players and are difficult players to lose. And that is a ridiculous goal that I just allowed for those who are watching on Twitch and not listening on the podcast. Um, that's infuriating. But I, I think when you look at where the Flames, I think, needed to improve once you knew Johnny Gaudreau was not coming back, I think that there was a bit of a shift. I mean, A, it helps when... Uh, team will just basically give you Jonathan Huberto for a guy you were going to lose. But um, th- there was obviously a shift. Like let's let's get in, let's get into this now. You have Huberto who can do the playmaking that Johnny Gaudreau did with a, a bit more of an edge. Not I mean he's not Tomas Holmstrom here. Um, but yeah, uh, he's not Johnny Gaudreau either. Um, you look at Uyghur, who I think is a perfect fit to play with Daryl Sutter. You look now at Nazem Kadri, who I think, again, is a perfect fit to play with Daryl Sutter. Um, this team now fits, I think, what they needed to do to succeed in the postseason. If you've listened to my podcast before, you have heard me talk at length that there are more than one way to win in the National Hockey League, even though everyone will tell you otherwise. Um, there are multiple ways to win. The Calgary Flames, I think, have now doubled down on kind of the Daryl Sutter way, but with a little bit more high-end skill behind it to help push this team to to where they need to to go. Overall, I think this is, um, to to, to steal a a wrestling phrase from the city back in the day, one heck of a ring-ding-dong dandy. Um, I, I think the Flames did extremely well. 
I just happened to be doodling a little bit and crafted some lines here that this is what I would do if I were the Flames. This is not a prediction. In fact, you could almost take it to the bank that this isn't what they're going to do. But th this is how I think you optimize this team and try to get a little bit more out of it, even than you did last year, even with um, Johnny Gaudreau not being around and Matthew Kachuk not being around. And you... you Losing them for players who are just different a little bit than those two. So my top line is Huberto, Lindholm, and if you listen to the last stream when we talked about the, the Flames acquiring Huberto, you know where I'm going with this one. Um, I'm putting Pelche on that top line. I think that you can spread out the forward depth for the Flames a little bit better. Huberto is a player who I think can make a player like that, and I think that this way it gives you... A lot of scoring depth on this team that you are comfortable with. And it's not just the one-line team that, at times, this team was a season ago. Um, they made a lot of moves to try to correct that. But still, there was a, a few too many times. And look, this team did really well. Um, they won the Pacific Division. They were the second-best team in the regular season last year. But I do think there were some times where maybe it was Johnny Kachuk and... Um, and Lindholm and no one else. So I think this way you put Pelche on there, it puts him in the best uh, possible spot to succeed right now, and it spreads things out a little bit. So my top line is Huberto, Lindholm, and Pelche. I would go Manjapani, Kadri, and Toffoli. I think that that is a unit that is... Um... I think that that is a unit that can be responsible in its own end, but I think that is one that can be just an absolute dog against the play offensively, and or just at uh, 200 feet, I guess. And then you have the shot that Tyler Toffoli possesses that he can score from anywhere. Uh, third line of Dubé, Backlund, and Coleman. I like that line a lot. Um, I, I like just kind of the, the tenacity that that line can bring. Uh, and then your fourth line... This is a combination of what I would do and what they would do. Uh, Lucic and Ruzicka. I Ruzicka should be making this team. I think the fourth line jumped up immensely the second that uh, Ruzicka joined it. And um, I think to not have him on it is kind of just ignoring what went well last year. Um, so I would go Lucic, Ruzicka. Huh. So I just realized I've been talking for a very long time uh, on the Twitch stream without my microphone on. So that's fantastic. Um, deepest apologies to, to those who have been tuned in. Uh, technical difficulties on my end have been fixed. Um, and so now we are reacting live on Twitch uh, for those who are just tuning in and now finally hearing my voice for the first time. Um, I am going to kind of pick up where I left off because I'm recording this for a podcast later on. But uh, yeah, as, uh, as they say in the business, my bad on that one. So I'm talking about where Nazem Kadri fits in um, in terms of the lines for the Calgary Flames right now. Um... I think you go Huberto, Lindholm, Pelche on that top line. And just to, to summarize what I was rambling on about um, before we got the mic thing figured out, um, to, to summarize that, I think you put Pelche in the best position to succeed right away and you spread the scoring depth out on this team a little bit. You aren't going to have that insane top line that you had a year ago, so why even try? 
I, I think that this spreads things out a little bit, and I think Pelche is good enough that he can still thrive in that role, and Huberto and Lindholm are going to be, I think, a, a lethal combination. Second line of Manjapani, Kadri, and Toffoli, I think uh, you have some players who are good defensively, who can also score and make life just absolutely miserable on you. And then I think you have a third line of Dubé, Backlund, and Coleman. Again, that line is miserable to play against, and I think that they would do very, very well. Um, or pretty well, I think, offensively as well. And then the fourth line, Lucic with Ruzicka. I think you have to have Ruzicka on this team. I think he helped them uh, immensely at a time where the fourth line was a real hindrance for them. I think you give him that role. And there's, I mean, not a ton of opportunity to, to move up at the center position on this team uh, for the next little while anyway. But um, you, you allow him to progress if... Um, if his talents show that he is able to progress. And then, as the last winger, uh, I think it's a combination of Rooney, Lewis, and Phillips. Um, I would love to see Matthew Phillips, and the, the Matthew Phillips part of this is more the, oh man, it'd be great if I could get this thing to actually happen, um, instead of, oh man, this is a thing that I would love them to, to really, really do. Um, oh, I said getting rid of Kadri in the tweet. Boy, I am just on fire with this right now. Um, all right, I will uh, correct that in a second as I'm here on the penalty kill. Um, but no, I, I think when you look at this trade from Calgary's perspective, or sorry, not this trade, this signing from Calgary's perspective, it feels like a trade. It feels like you've traded Gaudreau and Kachuk for um, Huberto, Uyghur, and, uh, and Nazem Kadri. So I, I feel like I keep saying trade, but it's definitely not that. When you look at the signing for Calgary, it just, it puts them in a position where I think they are better equipped now to succeed in the postseason. And I think you look at those lines, obviously there is a, a drop to the fourth line. Um, that's going to be with most teams. But I think you can roll out there three lines and a fourth that you are at least comfortable with from a Calgary perspective. And that will, I think, make this team more competitive. So again, if you had last year's Flames team and this year's Flames team in a battle for Earth supremacy, um, I think... Um, I do think that last year's team would do quite well in that. But when you look at where potential growth could come from and where improvement can come from and where uh, potential advancing beyond the second round of the playoffs can come from, I think that there is going to be, there's going to have to be more of an emphasis on, um, more of an emphasis on depth more of an emphasis on being able to roll four lines effectively, a bit more of an emphasis on defensive hockey, um, and a bit more on... Uh, on internal growth, I guess, from some of the young players. That's why I think you put Pelche in the best position to... Sorry, position to succeed. I think that's why you, you keep Ruzichka in a, a position to succeed. And I, I think that you... I would love to see Phillips get called up as well. I think that you are going to do more to improve this team with guys like Phillips and Zari and Ruzicka than you are with guys like Lucic and Lewis and Rooney. Now, I also understand who the coach is. Oh, that's a bad goal too. Uh, I also understand who the coach is, and I understand why there would be a little bit of trepidation on their part 
to, to have this actually happen. But I, again, to, to reiterate for people who are either just tuning in uh, or um, weren't able to hear because there was a microphone issue, I do think that when you look at the Pacific Division, this puts the Flames in the top two. Um, I don't think they're better than Edmonton. I do think that they're better than Vegas right now, given all of their woes. And I do think that they're better than the, the California teams and Vancouver as well. So I, I think they are right there again in competing for a Pacific Division spot. The other part of this, as we play with Johnny Gaudreau in the hockey game, um, is Sean Monaghan. And he is now no longer a member of the Flames. He gets traded to Montreal uh, in exchange for nothing, basically. It's Monaghan... A first round, a conditional first round pick going to Montreal for future considerations, and basically a nice thank you on the way out the door. Um, it, it is too bad that this is how the Monaghan era has to end, but I do think it is also necessary. the The Sean Monaghan era, the Sean Monaghan Johnny Gaudreau era. Um, a, it's fitting that it ends at the same time. Like it, it's fitting that it's. Both guys going instead of Johnny this year, uh, Monaghan next year. Those, those guys were tied together for forever. And I think it is a bit of a complicated um, legacy, I guess, for this era of the Calgary Flames. Because on the one hand, um, you have Monaghan, just like pillar of the community kind of guy. Nicest dude you could ever meet. Quietest dude you could ever meet. But just incredibly nice Really, really, like, great person to have in your locker room, in your community. All of those sorts of things um, absolutely true about him. And given the current climate of things in hockey, um, I, I don't want to besmirch anyone without stating, like, oh, yeah, that this guy, like, didn't do anything egregiously wrong. Or, I guess, that we know of. Uh, didn't do anything egregiously wrong. And is a, you know, a, a guy who you would want on your hockey team for the right reasons and not just like the stupid made-up ones that people used to talk about when they spewed about hockey culture. But, um, holy shit, the Jays are taking it to the Yankees right now, too. Everything is happening. Um, but when you look at the Monaghan-Gaudreau era, it's complicated because Jerome McGinley leaves and it is a barren wasteland for the Flames. But then Monaghan comes in, at the time, the highest pick in Flames history. Um, Johnny Gaudreau comes in, one of the most exciting players in Calgary Flames history. And for the first time in a bit, because even in the last couple of years of Jerome, uh, it was pretty dark. For the first time in a very long time, there's actual hope around the Calgary Flames and what this could develop into. And it was exciting too, right? Like you have Monaghan, just a lock for 30 goals. And you have Gaudreau, who is a lock for like 75, 80, and as he went along, 90 and 100 points. Um, so it was, it was exciting times. But at the same time, it does kind of feel like it never got out of first gear. And that first gear being the first round of the playoffs. Um, like there was always this issue of great in the regular season would break down in the postseason. And a lot of that is Monaghan playing through all of those injuries and battling through everything. And he just couldn't 
maintain what he was in the regular season into the postseason. I do believe a lot of that is injury-related. I do think that there might have been a little bit of maybe you should sit this guy instead of making him play through all of this shit, even though he's a warrior and he'll play through it all. Okay, great. I'm thrilled that we've established that he will. Should he, though? And I think that question probably should have been answered a couple of times more than it was with the Flames. And honestly, the answer was probably a number of times no. Um, he shouldn't have been playing in those situations. And so again, playoff misgivings, maybe not necessarily his fault. And a lot of people like love this era of Flames hockey and love these two players. At the end of the day, I do kind of view it as a bit of a, like, what should have been. Not what could have been, because I mean, these guys like played. Um, but what should have been. With this team, because there was talent, you had some goaltending woes, you had some coaches who were stupid at times, um, but these two guys also didn't perform when the games mattered the, the absolute most. So I think you can acknowledge, hey, this was fun, we appreciate you playing with every bone in your body, broken twice, um, but also, maybe this thing didn't get as far as we thought it would. And as this era comes to an end, I, I think it is, maybe not fitting, but I do think that it is rather symbolic that it ended with a bit of a whimper in the postseason against a 23-year-old goalie of the Dallas Stars. Very good, but still 23-year-old goalie in his first postseason of the Stars and then getting beat by Mike Smith in the, the Western Conference semifinals. That kind of sums it up pretty well. Epic regular season. Everything went well for them. Put up points like you wouldn't believe. But, well, Gaudreau did, I guess. Monaghan didn't. But in the playoffs, it just wasn't there. And that feels harsh to say about, again, a guy who played so hard for so long and had 30 goals so often for the Flames and is all over Flames record books now. Um, Sean Monaghan and Johnny Gaudreau, I guess, both of them. Um, it feels a little bit harsh, but it also kind of feels like the best way to sum it up is that it just, it never got to the level that I, I think a lot of people thought it probably could have gone, and quite honestly, probably should have gone. Like, this team underperformed when the, the games mattered the most quite a bit, and that's incredibly frustrating. And now that that is an era and a legacy that this Flames team is now tasked with leading behind, and that's why I do think they are built a little bit better. If, if you are to, like, shut down that top line, you have... Enough, enough scoring depth on this team that you can get the job done. And I think if there is a very good line out there, like if you want to try to match Lindholm, Huberto, and Winger X with McDavid and whoever, um, if they load up with their mcdavid Drysaddle line, you feel comfortable that if you go 1v1 on that one, um, that your other scoring lines or your other lines are going to be able to pick up the, the slack that is uh, left behind in those, um, in those series and in those situations. So I, I don't know if they're more talented. They're probably definitely not more talented than they were the last time we saw them play hockey. But I do think that the Flames are in a better spot now to advance to where they want to go. But um, in terms of what to make of the Sean Monaghan deal, we had said both in podcast and when we would do Twitch streams, the most likely scenario was this was that the Flames were going to have to attach a draft pick, probably a high draft pick. We did not anticipate it being a complicated draft pick to figure out in terms of um, all the conditions that were placed on it. I could do an entire podcast literally just reading the conditions. Um, but 
I I think that we kind of assumed if the Flames were going to be able to improve upon what they did last year, there was going to have to be a movement probably of Monaghan's contract because Lucic's might be a little bit more difficult to get out. And it wouldn't be just a conditional first. It would be just a first first, right? So th- this is probably how it was going to go. I, th- I love what Montreal was doing, acquiring assets, uh, kind of, I-, I think the term was weaponizing their, their salary cap space. I think they have done that to a T now um, in acquiring Dadnov and in taking a flyer on Monaghan. Like he is, he- he's not the youngest dude anymore, but he's certainly not old. Um, he's coming off of a couple of injuries. Would I bet on him being like a 30-goal scorer again in the National Hockey League? No. What, is it out of the realm of possibility that this surgery is the one that fixes everything and all of a sudden he, he now kind of switches back into the guy we thought he was going to be with the Flames? I, I think you could very easily talk yourself into that scenario. So it's a lottery ticket for the uh, the Habs. It's a one-year. Um, he's back out in Eastern Canada um, after playing his junior hockey with Ottawa. So... There is, I think, uh, a lot to a lot to like about what Montreal did, but I, I think it makes the most sense. From hey, toxic, how's it going? Um, I think it makes the most sense from a Flames perspective to to make this trade. And as I said at the top of this, for for those who are listening on the podcast, we're having the technical issues with the uh, the microphone on the Twitch stream. I would trade Sean Monahan and a first for Nazem Kadri one thousand times out of ten. Um, I, I think that is a, a trade you make relatively easily um, and you don't lose any sleep over it. So I think for the, the Flames, today is a, a major win for them um, in the, the growth of this franchise and in getting this franchise to that, that next step. Again, are there risks involved? You bet there are risks involved. The sports history is riddled with guys who um, had a contract year and cashed in. But I do also think that the best case scenario for Nazem Kadri um, certainly was just seen this year. But even the median of Nazem Kadri, like what what his floor is, is a very productive second or third line center. And I think that this is definitely the the time to to make this move on him. And if it doesn't work, I mean, yeah, you're you're handcuffed for sure. But I would I would bet more money on this working than on it not working. Uh, for me personally. In terms of what is next for Calgary, um, I know there's a lot of talk about moving a defenseman for a um, uh, another top six forward. If you did that and it was a, a solid enough top six forward, I would certainly get off of my pedestal about um, putting Pelche in a top six role this year with players who can help uh, maximize him. Um, but it, I, I still don't like the idea of moving a defenseman. I, I think it's great to have, like... I know eight feels like a lot until you're in the regular season and it's January and Tanev has blocked a shot off of his foot and he's out for a couple of games while you already have an injury to Rasmus Anderson for a few games. And all of a sudden you're looking up and, oh man, I know we had seven guys we were comfortable with, but now Michael Stone's playing 15 minutes tonight and I get he just scored a couple of times in the playoffs and that was delightful and all, uh, but that's not a situation I want to have to rely on. Um, as you are going into a season where I do feel like points are going to be very important for this team. So I I don't think the Flames' position of strength is necessarily as strong on the blue line as people necessarily make it out to be. If you get a home run, if someone super overvalues Alamaki or Shillington, then for sure, yeah, everyone's tradable. Um, but I, I don't know if I'm making that move right now. 
Um, Toxic here in the chat mentioning if Kadri can get 60 points next season, I'd be happy. That would be, yeah. I think that's, uh, A, I think that's incredibly reasonable. He just had that many assists this year. Um, I, I don't think you're expecting Kadri to be flirting with 100 points this year. Like, I, I just, I think if you are expecting a carbon copy of last year's Nazem Kadri, you are going to be disappointed by this. But I think if he can give you 60 points, some solid two-way play, um, and provide a bit of depth for you in the postseason. For $7 million, that's probably the low of what you would ex uh, accept, but I think you would accept that from a, a Calgary perspective. Oh, who says Gaudreau can't score in the playoffs? Look at that, he just did on the on here. Um, no, it's been a minute since I had a sip of this, just one sec. Shout out, this is uh, 88 Brewing. With the organic ap apple cider. Delicious. So yeah, I, I think 60 points. Very reasonable. Very, very reasonable for um, Nazem Kadri. Uh, a, I think it's achievable. And B, I also think it's kind of the low end of what's achievable for him. I think he could be in kind of that 60, 70 point frame. Um... I think you could get close to a point per game, A, with the right line mates, like I, I currently have him, with Manjapani and Toffoli. Um, I would I would think that group, if Manjapani can take a step, um, that group could help get Kadri to um, the 80-point the plateau. So yeah, I would, be, I would be fine with that. And I think if that happened... Um, I also think a lot of this too, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, I think a lot of this too is, um, postseason play. Like I, I would take 60 points from Nazem Kadri, um, and then another like 10 or 15 in the playoffs. And I would take that, oh, all day. Um, I, I think that, I think the playoff stuff now, the more that I think about it, this is more about the postseason for the Flames. We have now established that this team can do well in the regular season. Maybe not this configuration, because we've never seen this configuration before. But we've established that the, the Calgary Flames can make it to the playoffs. Now we need you to take that next step. That's what this last era couldn't. That's what this one now needs to. And I think if Kadri can help them do that, then all of a sudden, 60 points in the regular season, I don't care if he gets 10. Um, if he can be a contributor in getting this team to the next round, then $7 million is more than worth it from a, a Calgary Flames perspective. Uh, for those not watching, we just beat Edmonton in game one of our Western Conference semifinal. It's always funny when you tweet um, hashtag uh, Twitch affiliate. How many graphic designers start liking your stuff? <laughs> Especially when, like, rather obviously I have not used one. Um, as you can see by the lack of, like, anything on here. I do really need to set that up. I'm going to add that to my to-do list. Um, I think this is where we are going to, to halt this for the day. Um, I know we're getting a, a couple of extra people in here. So just quickly to, to summarize... Um, I think this is a great trade, or a, a great, I keep saying trade, it's not a trade, it's a signing. I think this is a great signing for the Calgary Flames. I think that this is definitely the move that, like, this was the last 
big move that the Flames could make. That could be any type of a needle mover. Going out and getting Kessel, going out and getting whoever, wasn't really going to... Uh, <laughs> that is an excellent question, Tall John. Um, maybe I will. You know what? Let's play one more game. We got more people coming in. Let's play one more game. We don't need to. We don't need to in summary the, this part. I think for the, uh, the the podcast listeners, this is where we will leave you. Uh, big weekend of USC stuff coming up. So um, on the podcast, thank you for listening, and I will talk to y'all later. All right, that is the show. Thank you, Clearwater Cleaning Solutions, your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based in Calgary with a fantastic team, ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. UFC stuff all weekend. Preview coming up tomorrow. Post show coming out on Saturday. Talk to you all later. I'm out.